Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O for anyone who's out there. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And we are on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. We have also launched Gorilla Brave. That's at Gorilla Brave, all one word. That is for the elite um, food entrepreneurs out there. That means anyone who's willing to live by core values and spread good in the world, uh, good through food, and have purpose. This is that's the right place for you guys. We launched that in May, uh, but officially June first. Uh, so if you're listening into this podcast, it's already been launched. You can look us up on Instagram again at Gorilla Brave. So we are trying to do good in the world. We're trying to gain numbers and we're trying to make a difference. So with that being said, I have truly a very special person. Um, quite the unique person and on a very cool mission in life um, back with us. Uh, Mabel of Fruling, how are you doing today? Hi, Justin. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for that generous intro. So happy to be here. Yeah, you're a pretty incredible human. Like if anyone knows, we ended up talking for like way too long at the beginning, just <laughs> getting in all the details, doing the pre-work, I guess. But I have a lot of content. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, Maybe will you just tell everyone about your product first, what kind of products you have? Let's talk about those, and I'll touch on your history a little bit just to remind everyone, but let's go into your products first and where they can find you online. Just to let's get for, front and center right away. I'm tongue-twisted. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Fruling is a superfood snack company. We make two products right now. We have our original superfood snack and then also Nochiola, which we launched this year. And both are essentially like elevated trail mixes made from the highest quality ingredients. So we are sourcing the highest quality nuts. Most of them are raw and organic. Well, they're all organic, but um, the original product is designed as a whole food supplement. So we use the highest quality raw organic nuts, dried berries, and whole roasted cacao beans. And then the new product has a little bit of added sugar in the form of coconut sugar. Um, so, but that one is more like dessert inspired. And it has these toasted Piedmonte hazelnuts that we source from Italy, uh, whole roasted cacao beans that we lightly caramelize in coconut sugar, dried strawberries, and Persian figs. So that one's kind of inspired by like uh, chocolate covered strawberries or like a, not like a Nutella type spread, um, but interpreted as an elevated trail mix. So, oh, and you can ahead. find us on our website. It's uh, www.fruling.co. That's F R U H L I N G dot C O. I love this. Um, so let's you know, your history a little bit, like I'll just help the audience. We'll start to attach pieces. You guys should go listen to part one, by the way. Um, you'll get the full story there, but you basically ended up in Europe. You found your way into the markets. You're obviously a very studious person. You chase a lot of rabbits down rabbit holes for lack of a better term. And you, you, you came back with this idea and becoming a food entrepreneur, uh, and getting this product out there. We met at I think it's called the Mindful Matters Market um, yeah. or something like that. Exactly. And uh, I was there with New York State of Mind uh, visiting Brett. And I came across their product. I ate the whole bag like with before I even owned it for a minute. <laughs> I think I ate it. The stra dried strawberries and the figs are just 
that's like out of this world. I know that Sam uh, Fonseca, who's been on this podcast as well, like five times, he's done five episodes for Roll 'em Up Taquitos. He still talks about the samples you brought to the networking event we did in New York. Really? Uh, yes. He talks oh about God. it all the time. Yeah. That's so cool. He's awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty awesome. And, um, and so I'm like, I'm, I love this. I'm like, cause sometimes I'm like the only one who likes something, but cause I see <laughs> the person, but this is not the case. I didn't think that when I had your product, I knew that it wasn't one of those ones where I'm the only one who's going to like it. And uh, lots of people liked, it. I even shared it with the group I was with that day when I first tried it and they liked it. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that in New York city that have gone vegan and this fits into their diet. So there were all about it, especially as a superfood. And cause sometimes you, when you eat vegetarian or vegan, you don't get the same nutrients, minerals, and vitamins as you do from eating meat. So you need mm. superfoods to make it up. So that's pretty cool. Um, thanks Justin. I'm going to speak for you. Okay. Let me ask a question. <laughs> um, okay. we've been taught, we talked beforehand. Um, you are planning a trip to Turkey. Will you tell yes. us about that? Like, how did Turkey come up? Why Turkey? And the th what are you going there for? And, and what are you creating with what you're going there for? So lots of questions there. I'll ask part bits and pieces again, but let's talk about Turkey. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm planning a trip to Turkey in early June. Um, and the main goal is to connect directly with the mulberry, organic mulberry farmers there because um, really one of the, well, my favorite part of, what I'm doing with Fruling is the connecting with farmers and really um, learning about what they're doing, the great efforts that they're taking to grow these crops organically. And um, right now I've been buying through a distributor uh, mulberries. So we are sourcing them from uh, Turkey, but I really want to connect directly with a farmer. Um, so that's the main goal, but also I'm very excited to, hopefully discover some new ingredients because I know that, you know, Turkey is really important historically with the trade routes going through there. Um, there's just so much interplay of different cultural um, food cultures that happens there. So, and I also know they have a ton of really great like nuts and dried fruits in their diet. So I'm really eager and excited to learn more about, um, the ingredients that are grown in Turkey. And I also, you told me before this call that they do a lot of organic production, which I didn't realize that there was quite so much, but um, that's really exciting and inspiring to me. Well, I mean, and if we think about it and um, we talk about organic, like the whole world was organic before the industrial revolution, we created pesticides and all that stuff. So any old world that's still operates that way or old farms that still operate that way um they tend they who didn't take the shortcuts or try to take shortcuts which are really not shortcuts there is no hacks in life guys but um <laughs> but they they still have them everywhere and so i'm interested like number one mulberries are such a cool fruit um and why will you tell us why mulberries what is the interest there um you don't currently put them in your product so why mulberries oh. where did the interest come from what kind of product are you hoping to create with them well actually i do mulberries are in our original superfood snack there um, you go. so one of the reasons i initially chose them was because and i did mention this in the um, first episode we did but the whole 
idea behind our first product was to create a snack that was luxurious tasting, um, but also extremely healthy where every single ingredient has potent health benefits. So I really was trying to adhere to an anti-inflammatory diet and not have um, added sugars, but I wanted something that was kind of like comparable to a pastry. And so I kind of went down this rabbit hole of trying to find the most uh, nutrient dense uh, berries that were naturally low in sugar. And so mulberries and golden berries are the two berries that we include in the original snack. Um, and those are both naturally very low in sugar, but have a ton of health benefits. So mulberries have been used in Chinese medicine for centuries. They have um, a lot of iron, vitamin C and other, um, a lot of fiber and other minerals and micronutrients, but um, they also are believed to calm the spirit in Chinese medicine. And also they're very good for the skin. And um, I was trying to heal my skin from psoriasis. So that was why I first started trying to, or incorporating mulberries into my diet. But actually, um, I that's actually not 100% true because growing up, my mom raised silkworms and silkworms eat mulberries. So my sister and my mom and I would go around New York City looking for mulberry trees um, in order to harvest the leaves for her silkworms. And so we would always eat the berries when we were doing that. Um, so that was actually my first introduction to mulberries. But then um, when I was developing the first product, I was also I was learning a lot about nutrition and also discovered the that they were extremely nutrient dense and really healthy. So that was that was why I first started using them in our products. Wow, there's mulberry trees in New York City. I've lived there a long time. I don't think I ever saw them. Like I'm t here's where I'm like oblivious in my own environment, but I go out internationally and I'm like absorbed by everything. This is really cool, and I didn't even know there were silkworms in New York City like that. But now I guess it all makes sense. I think I've seen them. I think you see them on the trees actually. But um, like, where are they? The trees. Um, yeah. Well, I think that they, a lot of them have kind of disappeared as the city's changed in the last few years, but it used to be that, um, well, they bloom or they, the fruits ripen in the summer. So usually you can see the ground stained like dark purple and that's the mulberries that have fallen to the ground. Um, and those are edible. They're really delicious when they're fresh off the tree. Um, but usually the ones that are grown in New York are the red ones and the white ones. There's three different types. There's also black, but I've never seen the, um, I don't think I've ever seen a black ones fully. Well, mostly I, I believe it, it's the red and the white that have grown in the city. But um, uh, Maybe that's why I'm not familiar because I always think as mulberries as black for some reason. I don't think about them, the white, even though I know that they exist in the world. Um I'm trying to think if the red and the black are the same because I um I know the white and the red are different. Oh, but the black is is has a different uh root as well. So they are different. Um but yeah, they're the color is sort of similar. It's like the red kind of ripened to black, so Yeah. Yeah. Um and I I mean they are imported. I do know that they're from somewhere else and I do know that the whole reason we brought them here was for the silk industry. It wasn't actually for the fruit. Um and oh, I don't I remember that. who that was, but yeah, I do know that random fact. Um, I believe it was so the cool. 1700s, maybe like 1775 or something, 7074. I don't know why I know that, but I remember reading about it. Um, 
and mulberries so just cool. because I think they're such a cool super fruit. And it's funny because now, you know, now that you say it's in your product, it totally now I see it based on uh, what I did before. But I, I'm attracted to the strawberries and the figs for some reason. And um, um, yeah, pe- people really like those those figs and strawberries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually for some reason also think mulberry trees. I should have looked this up before we got on the show, but I think they're from China originally, actually. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Because and then of they the also worms. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And I think they also have a history in Persia as well, in Persian food. Um, but I believe they originally came from China. Oh, very cool. So, okay. So you're going, like, are you trying to find a new source for your product? Are you trying to get closer to the farmers? Like, yeah. talk to me about that. <laughs> like, how did, how and why, as an entrepreneur, why are you pivoting in this way? And you're willing to go to Turkey for like four four days to go uh, see this through. So why, I mean, in a place you've never been before, why take the risk? Why go do that, you know, in a new culture, in a new place when you're already getting them? I mean, that's, I love traveling. I love when I do travel, I, I love to be guided by the food that I'm finding. Um, and so that is absolutely the most pleasure, pleasurable part of what I'm doing is the opportunity to travel and discover new ingredients. So, um, I'm super excited about that. Um, but yeah, my goal is definitely to connect with the farmers for all of our ingredients. Um, we have done that for a large majority of the ingredients, but still, um, there's a few that I'm still buying through distributors. So, um, the goal is definitely to connect with farmers to really be able to showcase the work of these organic farmers who are putting their you know blood, sweat, and tears into making these beautiful crops come to fruition. And um, I really want to make the these high quality ingredients available to wider audience and also support the economy that you know that drives the organic um, market, I suppose. Yeah. So talk to me about like you mentioned psoriasis and getting on a new diet. Like, is this one of the, do you eat these mixes as one of the ways to prevent stuff like that, get the nutrients you need to balance out your body? Yeah. Um, so I created the first product as a way to, you know, as something I could eat every day where it would give me the maximal amount of nutrients and minerals and micronutrients. Um, in order to heal my body from a couple different symptoms I was having at the time. One of them was psoriasis. I think a lot of it was rooted in stress and not really knowing how to manage stress, but also um, I needed to clean up my diet and eliminate the inflammatory foods. So, um, so yeah, that's why I created the original product so that I could have something that felt like this decadent, delicious treat that if I eat it every day, it would support my health in the long term. Um, and I do pretty much eat a bag of fruiling every day, the original one. Um, and mostly I've healed myself from, from psoriasis. Like I really haven't had it, any kind of breakouts in, um, a long time. And I, I do credit that to, um, eating these really high mineral foods and also eliminating gluten and also developing better practices of stress management. Yeah. You're a, um, I think like we go through hardship as humans to become well-rounded. I think you're very well-rounded. You're, you've got a lot of things going on. We talked about yoga. We've talked about, 
you know, what you're doing with food in particular, and you have other things you're doing. I think you're involved in um, film as well, and we've talked about that. So you've got a lot of skills. So let's talk about how do you how do you find time to handle all this? How do you find time to be a food entrepreneur amongst the other things that you do? Because you do documentaries and stuff like that as well. That's true. Although I have kind of let that, that's sort of taken a backseat to frueling in the last year or so. Cool. Um, but I, I'm still doing film, but mostly now uh, it's films about the ingredients. So that's another reason for going to Turkey, to be honest, is that I really want to find, find a farmer that I can source from, you know, regularly who's in Turkey. And then also I would love to be able to tell that story through film. So kind of that's part of the mission um is to go find find um just really build the relationships there but um would love to eventually make a little documentary about the um mulberry harvesting in turkey um but yeah I, i think i'm somebody who thrives when i have a lot of stuff going on and um i kind of like need a lot of stimulation i think so um i do well when i have a lot of kind of a lot happening and so I'm, I'm not always succeeding at it, to be honest, like balancing it's, I have to become, I have had to become really good at time management. Um, and I'm still working on it, to be honest, but I do have a lot of stuff going on and frueling is, um, my pride and joy. So it's a pleasure to work on that. It doesn't feel like work most of the time. Um, but yeah, I've also been studying yoga and Chinese medicine through this really amazing yoga school called Science of Self, um, which is mostly based in New York City, um, but it's a Chinese medicine-informed yoga yoga philosophy, and they teach you all about the meridians and the different acupressure points along the meridians, and they kind of incorporate that information into yoga practice into their yoga practice. So. They will teach you different points you can press on your body and um, when you're in different poses. And this yoga practice really did change my life in a difficult period of time. Um, when I was struggling to really get in touch with my emotions, they, I took this one class called Extreme Yin Heart Yoga or Extreme Yin Heart. Um, and it may, basically they teach you about the heart meridian in that class and they teach you different points you can press on your own body in order to like help different mental health symptoms or help release or get closer to your emotions. And um, so the last few years, that's really been a big part of my life. Um, And I did take a class with them as well that about Chinese medicine foods. And um, that was super inspiring. And I learned about all the different forms of mulberries in that class and the different um, medicinal qualities of, of each mulberry and along with other fruits in Chinese medicine, um, but yeah, I've just, that's been like a huge source of inspiration for me in the last couple of years is just learning about Chinese medicine, the different acupressure points and um, studying yoga under these amazing teachers. So if anyone's interested, I would highly recommend checking out Science of Self. They offer almost fr- almost daily classes for free online. Um, they also have free classes on their YouTube channel and they do um, these amazing retreats in Woodstock, New York and also around the world too. Um, Rose Erin Vaughn is the teacher, the main teacher. And she does, she does um, like retreats sometimes in like Portugal too. So um, if you're looking for a trip, you could do one of those with her, but she is an amazing master of yoga. And I 
I'm so inspired by her and um, Melissa as well. She she's an amazing teacher. Um, really, everyone who works with them is great. But I could talk about them for so long because um, I really credit so much of my sanity to having learned the yoga from them. I like this a lot and I like the balance for sure. Um, like it's crazy because like both are so intertwined, the food, um, the spirituality, I'll call it, um, holistically and your mission that you're on. And even the documentary or the television or the film, excuse me, that you're trying to do and tell the story of the farmer. I think that that's so important because so often the farmers and the people out there in food, their stories aren't told. That's obviously why I do what I do. Um, so that's I'm totally so like inspired by you um, and motivated by you as well, because I think you're on a very similar mission, trying to find balance, trying to be a whole human, uh, trying not to have psoriasis. Cause I do my hands, <laughs> my knees and oh. my elbows will peel. Like, really? like instantly. Yep. Like instantly. Like I don't get like rashes or anything, but the skin will literally peel off the palm of my hand and off my elbows. And then sometimes my knees, depending on what food or what I come in contact with. And like, I don't have the problem as much overseas as I do here in the United States, but I am very conscious of what I put in my body, particularly because of inflammatory things like we discussed, mm -hmm. but I'm also very aware of like the diversity I need in food. Uh, mm -hmm. to get the minerals and nutrition and vitamins that we need to survive and not be hungry. Um, mm -hmm. And as I've talked about a lot in, in numerous podcasts, whatever, whichever anyone listens to, um, whether it's the Centurion Leadership Italian or just in the food entrepreneurs, I talk a lot about, you know, the diversity of food and rebuilding ourselves and regenerating our planet through healthier foods for humans. Like we don't realize that just like this farmer and turkey that's doing organic mulberries he's making an impact on the world seriously it's not just about feeding he's giving it like an awesome mulberry product probably and it's organic and it's something that probably is loaded with nutrition um that is why you're interested but also the way he's doing farming is like a legacy building he's preserving that land hopefully forever unless we industrialize or uh, commercialize excuse me the land and build skyscrapers on it or housing developments I don't know if they do that as much in Turkey as they do here in the United States, but we definitely take up our farmland and build houses on it. So yeah. um, the good farmland too. So well, I hope uh, they don't do that in, on the Turkish or, uh, yeah, organic yeah, yeah. mulberry farms. Yeah, I know. I'm like casting a shadow, but um, that's not what I'm intending to do. What I'm intending to do is just bring light to how often like the best, most supplement supple areas of the world uh, for food often become the most industrialized commercial because they attract the populations to the good food and then they build it's even subconsciously they build cities around it and then ultimately get rid of the nutrition food nutritious food and they become urban environments of sugar and processed foods so I think that's a lot of it if I were to describe my allergy it has like Anytime I get near overly processed foods, it's just a bad news bears, especially if something's been enriched after they've stripped it of everything it's worth and they enrich it back, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But okay, let's process everything out of it and then have to enrich it so humans don't die of malnutrition. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where my body doesn't like it. It's not only is it bad for me, but my body knows it's bad for me, obviously. It's like, what are you doing, bro? 
like, okay, you're going to pay the price on this one. How many times do we got to tell you? Hands, elbows, knees, you know, it's like a song and I'm, it's painful. Like my hands will crack in the pain. Like they get, the skin starts peeling and they crack and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like no. it is worth keeping a, you know, the body is the temple type thing. So have I've you been, ever thought of one, one other thing that's been really helpful for me, I think has been taking silica. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah, there's, um, I can send you some stuff later, but, um, I got involved with this group called Club Sora that is run by this woman, Miriam Tom, who they're based in L.A. And they basically it's like a community of, of people who have inflammatory skin conditions. But they Miriam is an amazing chef and also community builder. And she ha- knows a lot about the healing properties of different foods. And so she has taken a liking to fruiting and includes incorporates it into some of her recipes um, and, but I've learned a lot from her as well. And she hosted an event last year where they included fruiting in the gift bags, but it also included these amazing, um, mineral supplements that I think have really helped made an improvement on my skin as well. Um, and if I accidentally eat a little bit of gluten, um, usually I would get like a reaction in two days. But if I take these supplements like the silica, I've noticed that it doesn't, I don't get nearly as much of a reactive uh, reaction. Uh, yes, but I I'm think definitely a interested. Of, a lot of what you described it has to do with the quality of the soil in the U.S. and the fact that we're stripping so many of the minerals and um, the minerals from the soil, so that you know eventually that affects the, the ingredients that we're growing in the soil and affects us because our bodies need those minerals to function optimally. Um, but I think a lot of other parts of the world hasn't been hit quite so heavily with um these like toxic pesticides and um fertilizers that we use so commonly in the u.s so yeah and i believe italy just passed like a purity law um on their food well one mount vesuvius blew up there back in the day everyone knows the story um and like literally froze people in their tracks because it happened so quickly but what it did is it made the there's so much organic soil because of it that's why the best milk comes from italy in my opinion the best cheese um and a lot of the best agricultural and most nutrition products if you test them they come out of that area um, of the world because of that volcano but italians Mm -hmm. are very um close to their land for the most part they don't i uh, this is a general statement i'm being emphatic but most of the time they um they really value their food sources and their food i would say how french feel about their cooking and their sauces or how italians feel about their farms you know totally and i'm not sure if i mentioned this in the last episode but um well we do source a bunch of our nuts from uh, small farms in Italy, organic farms, and um, our pistachios, our Bronte pistachios, they come from the base of the Mount Etna volcano in Sicily. And um, I went there in a couple years ago to shoot a film about our pistachio farmers, and it was such an amazing experience um, just learning about the practices that they use to um, to make these ingredients so beautiful and what they are um but basically like one of our pistachio farmers is this woman samantha piracini who has is a fourth generation uh pistachio farmer in bronte at the base of this volcano um and she 
her family is such a unique story because they've passed down this farm operation along the female side of their lineage for four generations. And that's pretty rare anywhere, but especially in a place like Sicily where agriculture is pretty like historically male dominated. Um, but it was like the coolest experience ever going there because um, we literally got to sit down with three generations of women and their family and had a meal. We cooked dinner with them and we had these Bronte pistachios in three different ways at, at dinner. And it was just so cool to see, um, to see how much care they put into making these, this product. So, you know what it is and what makes it such a special product. Um, but yeah, it's really cool because they, it's all organic and they have developed this um, method in order to, um, in order to avoid the crop being eaten by this like local aphid or pest, they have figured out to cut, they cut the pistachio back each year so that it takes two years for the plant to fully mature, which means that it's taking twice as long to extract the nutrients and minerals from the soil. Um, and of course the soil is all black. It's literally at the base of the volcano Mount Etna. So it's all volcanic soil. And, um, it just creates, it, it means that the plant outlives the life cycle of this aphid, but um, yeah, it creates like a really, really rich in flavor and also color pistachio that is all organic. Let's talk. And I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just so inspired, like, speaking to the farmers. It's my favorite part of what I get to do. I really um, i am fascinated by this because I know that we've talked about Foodtopia, Eat, Love, Learn, what I'm working on with, with Stephen DeKemper and a crew and Chris Black and Noble Gray and all a crew of people. But you're really doing what I – it's interesting because I feel like our paths crossed for, like, many reasons, but this may be one of them is – Part of that show is exactly what you're talking about. I love telling the story of the farmers. I want to map the food. Like I, It's got to be, let's talk about the food from the farm all the way to the consumer of the restaurant and all the food entrepreneurs involved and, and their purpose and a lot about organics because I do feel that we're talking about non-conventional farmers that are actually the entrepreneurs in the world, not a normal farmer that just becomes like, oh, I'm a corporate farmer, let me buy like, you know, fertilizer and like super seeds that are totally GMO out the wazoo. And so, and when I talk about GMO, like humans have been genetically modifying food for a long time, but, um, but we, um, but we didn't do it through like chemicals and uh, manipulation and stuff that we do now and that's part of the problem we're having like we're literally stripping things of it we aren't just crossbreeding plants so they last through the winter and they have you know what they need to survive we're literally genetically modifying them to be something different and then we're stripping them of the nutrients and minerals and uh, vitamins that they have because they have because we want them to last longer or we want them to have more shelf life or we want them to have more volume okay we mm -hmm. often give up nutrition and health because we want more volume in something so there's always that as well um mabel who inspires you like who have been your role models who are people you look up to in life how well, like go ahead my my parents my mom definitely instilled uh a sense of curiosity and um discipline in, in pursuing your interests and just you know, following your passions. Um, she definitely instilled that in me at an early age. And 
Um, also, I would say I really look up to Martha Stewart and um, the the legacy that she's built, I think, is really inspiring. Um, but yeah, I mean, the farmers are probably like my ultimate inspiration for what I'm doing with them, with Ruling, is the work that they do. Uh, they put their whole bodies you know, on the line to make these beautiful ingredients. And um, it gives me a sense of purpose to think that I can play a role in bringing that, those ingredients to a wider audience. So that really keeps me going. I and then like- also, I mean, yeah, I, I just like people in my everyday life, like even just in passing, there's so many inspirations to be found and teachers to be found. So I, I'm always seeking out opportunities to learn. It's really cool, actually. Like, I like the farmer piece because it's hugely inspiring to me also. Like, that's where the food starts. That's where the healthy food starts. I mean, you got to have the other food entrepreneurs that actually are selling the food or creating it into something that consumers want. But the farmers are actually growing it. The farmers are actually there. And their story, sometimes it's generations deep or they they were once conventional farmers and they've switched to organic farming which we just did the podcast before this is with john's farm they're out of oklahoma um i believe um i gotta look that up but i think they're out of oklahoma if i remember correctly but they literally were like a hundred years in conventional farming and they switched back to organics and it took them like 10 years just to get their cows and their crops and their fields back to organic, uh, their beef and everything. And what a mission, because they now have this legacy for their children and their grandchildren. So everyone should go back and listen to John's Farm episode. It's the one before this episode. But like all of this is coming together, and I feel like this is, you know, from a food entrepreneur, entrepreneur standpoint, this is where we vibrate energy like high frequency energy when we're going on the right path and we align ourselves with the right purpose. Um, the one that actually helps humans and animals and the plants on our planet, uh, and helps make sure that there's legacies and humans and animals and plants for generations. We start attracting similar individuals to us. And I'm not talking about in the sexual way I'm talking about in that we have similar paths. We have similar interests. We have similar things in common. So John's farm, like that's weird that this is what's happening. It's what we're trying to do with Foodtopia. I now have Mabel come into our my life because of the mindful matters market. And um and like all of it seems to be aligning and the farming thing. Like I'm totally obsessed with the documentaries. Now I have to find where you've done your film and I'm going to go watch them and be a total nerd of your craft. <laughs> Because, oh, like, I think that it's hugely important. I think your interest in it is awesome because it's exactly what I want to try to do with the Foodtopia show, which is, like, tell the story of the food, the whole journey. And part of it is the farmers, which is interesting because I'm like, oh, I'm, and everyone knows after we did our first episode, part one, I'm like, hmm. I'm like, maybe for some reason I need to send you this this slide deck, which I've updated. I need to get you the new one. But oh, it's... um. I have a feeling I'm like, God is telling me to send you the slide deck, you know, or my higher power. I'm like, I need to figure out why, but I'm starting to figure out why on, on many different levels, obviously. But one of them is this and just your sheer interest in doing right by people and telling their story and letting the world know that there's great food out there and there's great 
humans out there that believe in it so much so that they're willing to risk everything, that they're willing to put their business on the line, that they're willing to do business internationally just to make sure that they do the right thing or bring this food to the world. Um, And the connection between you and the farmers is huge because you are really going to them to build a product. You're building a good product, um, which I love. I think it's important. What, um, what, um, what would you say, um, is the next products? Are you going to try to do more mixes or do you have ideas of what that might look like? Um, do you have, Yeah. go ahead. I'm working on a product now, but I don't want to, I don't want to give it away yet, but I'm hoping that it'll, um, launch in, I think it'll launch this year. Um, because it's pretty, the recipe is pretty close to being complete. Um, so now it's just more about developing the, the packaging and the, the name and, you know, all the other details. But, um, but I have a recipe that's pretty close to being dialed in. I'm pretty excited about. And it's inspired by these cookies that my grandma used to make for my dad and for our family um, that have a lot of, um, like, emotional significance for me. But um, I just wanted to make a healthier version and using only the... Um, most nutrient-dense ingredients. So, yes, I'm really excited about releasing that into the world. But, yeah, it's another, it's like another trail mix in a similar vein as um, the ones that we have launched. It's really cool, and you live such a balanced life. You have such curiosity. Where did that curiosity come from? Because uh, you're just so curious all the time, and you're uh, always expanding your mind uh, and your oh, intellect. thank you. So, like, well, how how did that come about? Where did it start from? I have to say, I it came from my mom. Um, she is a fiercely independently minded woman, and she's always been really good at research and really passionate about um, different things throughout, like, my whole childhood. So she definitely led by example and has, you know, had these so many different interests down throughout my life, but she's always um yeah she definitely instilled the idea that curiosity is extremely important and her motto is stay curious so that's kind of been um that's been deeply embedded into my psyche um but also she taught me to ask questions she always taught me to um ask that it's really important to ask good questions and so i think that i've carried that with me um throughout my life and I think it's really important because if you don't ask, like you're not going to get, you're not going to discover more beneath the surface. So um, I think it's been a blessing and at times a curse too, because sometimes, sometimes people don't really want you asking questions. And I think it's gotten me in a little bit of trouble sometimes, but mostly it's, um, it's really gotten me to where I am today, which is, you know, pursuing my dreams and extremely grateful to be where I am today. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think that's probably why I have a podcast because I grew up learning and being encouraged to ask questions, um, particularly by coaches and mentors. And I I mentioned this to Mabel before we got on the show, but I went to a private school called the Height School for middle school and high school, and there was very like philosophy and and spirituality and being a whole man because it was all boys school and being a man in the world and what that really means not in the traditional sense I don't think that that people think of it and I don't think of 
the chivalry that we think of today is actually the chivalry that we're talking about. But there's a lot of things like championing the world, uh, championing love, uh, championing the right thing to do, you know, those type mm-hmm. of things, um, living in the that. light, you know, servant leadership, lots of that stuff. So I can totally relate to what you're saying. Uh, I also think that, you know, some humans, for some reason, we are just born with wanting to make the world around us better and the humans around us better. And if we don't pursue it always, God um, enters our lives and gives us some like setback that we have to go through to deal with it in order to discover what we're actually supposed to do. It's always like in the amongst darkness comes light for those who that actually have the light inside of them um, and that, you know, have these seeds planted. You're obviously one of them. And it, um, what you're spreading and what you're doing is so amazing and you're very welcome. Um, I will receive that. And, um, I don't, cause I always blow by compliments. I'm like, no, 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 don't let it go to my head. And, um, and, um, you know, humility always, I try to remain humble again from my upbringing and, and right coaches and teachers. But I think one of the things that I, that I really enjoy about, talking to you, doing the podcast with you is your just overall sense of balance related to food and health and and the way you explore it. It's not like you just talk about it or you just live it. You really um, live a whole lifestyle around it. Will you tell me a little bit about like how you manage all this? You talk about how busy you are. How do you find time to eat properly? Do you schedule it? Like, how do you, you talked about eating a bag of fruiling every day. So, like, how do you find time to balance out your diet? Because I think a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that are, are hustling like you do have trouble maintaining their diet or, excuse me, their lifestyle in the way that you do. Well, thank you for those kind words. And um, to be perfectly honest, like, I'm still figuring it out. But um, it was that desire to figure that out to be – that that was the challenge to begin with when I was having all those health problems back in the day that led me to create brewing because I was having trouble finding something that I could have on the go or in a pinch when I like that was actually healthy because all the grab and go options that I was finding weren't filled with like weird filler ingredients or like sugars and they just didn't fit the, um, the lens that I was looking for, for food that was, you know, anti-inflammatory. So I, that was the problem that I was really trying to solve from the, from the beginning. Um, and so the original superfood snack was my answer to that, trying to solve that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can't say that I've completely figured it out because every now and then I'm still like a little, it's, it's no, I, I don't think I like have a perfect diet or anything. And I don't even know that I would want to strive for that. Um, because I don't know that perfection is the, something good to strive for, but, um, agreed, but I definitely do my best to prioritize eating healthy because I really re- recognize that at least for me, like the food that I put in my body has an enormous impact on not only my physical health and my skin and, but also on my mood, my like moods and emotional health. And so that was like a big piece of, um, what I've been trying to optimize, I guess, for lack of a better word, or just um, find a balance with, because 
um, I think that I feel a lot and that's kind of one of my strengths, but it's also something that, um, I think I've had to like learn to work with. And so, yeah, food has the, the connection between food and like emotional health has, has been like an, an ongoing, um, theme in my life that I've been trying to, um, figure out. But I do think like by keeping my, trying to keep my blood sugar relatively, um, normalized that that plays a big role in, um, keeping kind of an even keel or stable moods or just, um, feeling like my best. So I try to, I try to avoid like foods that spike my blood sugar and, um, yeah. So I agree with you 100% on the blood sugar thing. Um, and I actually maintain it so much that I will actually feel it drop and it used to happen to me a lot. And then I would say like, I, you know, we are the environment we're in. It's like they say, like, you don't blame the flower for not growing. You blame the environment. And so if we are in an environment where we're around bad food all the time, and I agree with what you said, by the way, I believe in progress over perfection because it's constantly adjusting and our bodies will never be perfect. We'll always deal with new ailments. We'll end up, our bodies change as we get older. The chemistry changes in our bodies. Uh, We all know that. Yep. Like equilibrium too. Like we're yep. always in that process of changing. Exactly. And shifting. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And like, so you got to be a really open-minded human and willing to take risks a little bit in your in your lifestyle or the way that we eat because you need to find that balance in yourself. I think in anyone in the audience who's listening in. The other mm-hmm. part I think is that we... um that we do have a lot of emotional and mental health issues based on processed foods and the amount of sugar that we consume. Okay. So like, true. and cancer also being so closely linked to sugar consumption, like there's a healthy amount of sugar that we can have in our bodies and our, to keep our blood sugar. But we go to such extremes now, like our breakfast has sugar, our coffee has sugar, our lunch has sugar and we don't realize how many things have sugar added to it like tomato sauce in today's world in the processed world and like I will say that you know in our relationships and in my experience those who don't regulate their their blood sugar levels or aren't aware of how they're spiking them there is extreme emotional distress um and elevation and I would say the emotions starting to drive the bus um, in those individuals. And it is, and we seek mental uh, health uh, specialists. We seek all these things. And sometimes it is just balancing out the diet. They find that a lot. Um, Kids with special needs, um, adults with special needs, like when they start balancing out their diets, um, even with autism, you start balancing out diets of anyone who's on the spectrum, they can pretty much function as as any other human, for lack of a better term, because I don't want to separate them because I hate division. That's not what I mean. Um, or for anyone who has autism, that's not, I'm trying to do this gently and that came out wrong, but I just want to categorize for a sense because we categorize as society. I don't believe in categorization because I do believe that they're just really super intelligent people that are super sensitive to blood sugar levels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what happens. That's where it, what certain things are. That's why I brought it up. Uh, because I have in all the years, 24 years, I was in health and health food, seeing like a lot of mental health issues or behavioral issues come to stability, for lack of a better term, by changing their diet and not by mm-hmm. normal Western medicine, simply by feeding and eating ourselves the right things and using food as medicine. And that does mean cutting out sugar. Like it's a big deal. Like and energy drinks. Like I used to be huge in energy drinks because I'm like a super busy person, but like they have a lot of chemicals in them. They have a lot of like false sugars in them. They have a lot of um, bad things in them. So I agree with what you're saying um, holistically and wholly actually, and especially about the progress over perfection and especially about the blood sugar levels. I think that's so many things. Even bread has sugar added to it. Even when you yeah. go to the grocery store and you think you're getting a natural muffin, they add sugar to those things. They top them with sugar. Like it's the craziest thing. They we literally add sugar to everything. Even sometimes potato chips, we don't realize it's in them. Depending, you got to look at the label. But um, okay. and it may not be as popular anymore. But they used to put sugar in it. Why? Because we crave sugar as humans. Like hey, you put sugar on your French fries, even though you don't realize they're on there, and we will crave more <laughs> French fries. Um, yeah, I mean, it's addictive at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, also, one thing that I was thinking about just now as you were saying that is the magnesium, I feel, is a big, important part of the equation as, because I was recently reading something about how 80% of Americans are deficient in magnesium, where this is also known as the body's, like, master mineral that dictates and facilitates more than, like, 300 um like body processes or reactions within the body, like affecting your metabolism, your energy levels, your moods. Um, it can, if you're deficient, you can get like insomnia or depression and insulin resistance. And so there's so many, um, issues I think that are a result of, um, our Americans being deficient in magnesium, um, or lots of people are. Um, and so, that was something that I was really trying to actively add back into my diet with whole foods, because I noticed that when I did get more magnesium in my diet, I would feel more relaxed. My muscles would be more relaxed. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was, that's another thing that I, I think is really important for our, our overall health. Yeah. And I will say like, we we're in an age where like testosterone's a big deal and estrogen based on menopause for women and these, and you know, more than ever men's testosterone levels are lower and women are having menopause earlier and stuff like that. And I, a lot of it has to do with the way that we eat over a lifetime and how much processed foods we're putting into our bodies. Like mm-hmm. it really messes up the chemicals in our body and the balance that we're talking about. And our body just doesn't act in natural ways anymore. And we we don't, because we don't take care of our bodies, our bodies don't take care of us. And that's the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you know, as we get older, particularly as men and women, you know, we, our body changes like we talked about. And if we're not on the right diets to help uh, adjust to that, we often make the matter even worse, Um you know, I think that that's part of it. And I think that when we do change our lifestyles, we do see a lot of results. Sometimes it takes people want instant like, oh, that shit didn't work. It's because you didn't weren't patient. You didn't wait long enough. Mm-hmm. You It really takes time for the body to cleanse itself, adjust 
and then start being able to take in the uh, the vitamins, the nutrients, and the minerals that it's supposed to. It doesn't just do it right away, even though it's designed to. It just takes a while for the body to get used to doing the right thing when it's done the wrong thing for so long or taking the shortcut and get energy from sugar. Because energy mm-hmm. from sugar, it's like burning the wrong fuel in your body it's like you're burning diesel fuel and you have an unleaded engine you know Mm -hmm. that shit just doesn't work you're not going to be as efficient the engine may stop working eventually so yeah it's exactly like that so wow mabel we crushed it thank you (laughs) we did an awesome episode here where can they find you online you can find us at www.fruling.co and that's F-R-U-H-L-I-N-G dot C-O. And then on Instagram, we are at fruling.co. So same URL. Um, but yeah, I would love to connect. So if anyone wants to um, connect, they can reach out. We have like a little thing on the website. Um, so Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and learn from you. I can't wait to um, continue the conversation. And I love the name because it's like spring and it means, and it's like rebirth. I love the name of your company because I totally think that oh, that's what you. the lifestyle is. And just so everyone knows, like there's Oktoberfest in Germany and then there's Fruling Fest. Honestly, there's not quite as much beer as there is at Oktoberfest, <laughs> but it does take place at the same spot once to celebrate fall which is usually in September, not October, interestingly. And the other one's in the spring, which is the Fruling Fest. And, um, but it's to celebrate rebirth, new year, new growth, new agriculture, all of those type of things, all those type of farming products. And Germany lives by purity laws for its beer and a lot of its agriculture as well. Um, not quite as much as Italy as we talked about, but I think it's really important and significant that you chose that name. Also, I think there's just such grand meaning in your purpose. And I think that uh, life stacks us with skills uh, so that we can then combine those skills into a superpower uh, so we can fulfill our purpose and, and achieve excellence in our life if we choose to. And I would say that that's what you're doing. I would say that you are choosing that. um, And on that path, you have the, you know, your film background and you have your, you know, your personal struggles with your, um, you know, skin and, you know, your health and your energy. And then on top of it, you have this going to Europe, as we talked about in the first episode, to discover this path that it's just so incredible. Like, I really encourage you to keep going. Like if I could say anything as I do to any entrepreneur, it's like, you know, the thing that I want to give everyone and the reason one of the reasons I do these podcasts is to make sure everyone keeps going, you know, to keep knowing that I'm rooting for you and that I believe in you and that I believe in what you're doing. And Mabel, I really believe in what you're doing. It's kind of crazy, but we are very similar in a lot of ways in our mindset and our goals and our balance and living a lifestyle, but not holding it so true that the perfection, um, for lack of a better term, handicaps our growth. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, and- thank you so much for those kind words. And I just want to thank you for all that you do to bring people together and to really like give, you know, thank you for giving me the platform to talk about Fruling today and also for bringing us together in the previous weeks at that meetup you had. Like the sense of community that you're cultivating is so important and so meaningful and I'm just so grateful that we met and thank you for having me today. 
I'm grateful as well. And you're very welcome. And everyone in the audience, thank you guys for listening in. You can find us again on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find me personally at Justin Bizarro on Facebook or Instagram. You can find the entrepreneurial group that we're talking about, the elite of the elite, um, which means has nothing to do with money, guys. It has to do with everything to do with purpose and core values and spreading good and light in the world. Um, that's what the elite means to me. That's my indicator of success are those things. Like if someone's going to be successful, um, those are the things that I believe that make them successful in the long run and uh, doing God's work for lack of a better term. I always say God created the tree. We created the furniture. So um, we have to do our part. We have to take care of the world. And to me, Noah's Ark is one of the best stories in the Bible. I will leave everyone with this because it's one, if everyone was wiped out, we're all actually descendants of Noah, just in theory. I just want everyone to bear with me. But the second part of it is we are born on this earth to be angels and higher beings and higher functioning beings. So we need to balance out the earth. We need to make sure we need to protect it from ourselves. We need to protect the animals on it and the plants and use nature and what it's given us to, to eat diversely and expose ourselves to many different things from all over the world. That's why I love that Mabel's going to Turkey for mulberries. Like I love it. Mm -hmm. I've been to Turkey and you know, spent a lot of time there and I love the diversity there. But the funny thing is, is we have embargoes that don't, that don't allow a lot of their spices to even come to the Americas. And it doesn't make any sense. We should be able to, um, expose ourselves to the world, uh, and experience food and educate ourselves on food around the world, which is the last thing I will, will say. Also, I said it was the last thing before, but this is it is that education experience and exposure are the basis of leadership they're the basis of being an entrepreneur you need to educate yourself you know as mabel talked about you need to go expose yourself as mabel did when she's traveling and is going to turkey to expose herself even more and you need to gain experience in life and we just talked about that that mabel stacked skills that's experiences to be a better leader to be a better entrepreneur to help fulfill her purpose um, so Thank you, Justin. you're very welcome. And everyone in the audience, I hope this helped. This episode is huge. It's, it's huge. And the episode before this huge again, as we're starting to talk about the, the individuals who are taking risks, doing the right thing and standing up, um, and living the lifestyle. They're not over only preaching it. They're not only pra uh, telling others to do it and teaching it, preaching and teaching, they're actually living it by example and through action, which is hugely important. So thank you guys for listening in. I love you guys and we're out.